the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Let's Talk Adoption, Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, and I'm Marty Caldwell. I'm looking forward to spending some time with you today, and each week I want to remind you our show brings you adoption professionals and wonderful topics, authors, adoptive parents, and people who just have been touched by adoption. If you'd like to purchase any of the CDs of our previous shows, just please email us at info at letstalkadoption.com. It's also a great time to send in topics you'd like to hear on our show, and if you have any suggestions for guests, we're always looking for new and exciting guests for our show, too. So just send that over to info at Let's Talk Adoption. This week, adoptee and author Lori Paris joins us to talk about what it was like in a closed adoption and also her search and reunion with her birth parents. Uh, she's an author of a great uh, book we'll talk about later in the show. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you, Marty. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy you're here, too, and we would love to find out more about um, your book. We're going to share about that in a little bit. Um, but I want to find out, you know, many people ask about the pros and cons of, of uh you know, open adoption, closed adoption, that type of thing. We're going to talk about that. But tell us first how um, you were adopted as, uh, you know, when did you find out and how old were you when you joined your family through adoption? I was just about three weeks old when I was adopted. Um, and then I was told um, about my adoption when I was about seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And, and do you remember when you were told? Um, I mean, do you remember that actual when they sat you down? I or? do. I do remember. Um, and I was very confused by it because at the time it didn't really mean that much to me and I was a little bit confused about how I could have uh, two sets of parents. Um, so I didn't really think much about it and just kind of went on about my business of being a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real interesting because people ask us all the time. Every week we get questions in about when should I tell my children. And I tell people that it's really important they start from birth and start using um, the word adoption and mm-hmm. birth parents and, and sharing photographs who have information so that it's not a big shock later on. And I would have to agree with you there. I, I, I think it would make it a little bit easier for a child to understand. Yeah, I think it is. I've just found that to be very true in my own experience in our own family and with um, other families, adoptive families I've seen over you know, 19 years that it's found that they are the most healthiest when they start out right away and, and just have that part of their language, too. Absolutely. What did your um, parents share with you about your birth mother? Uh, very little. Um, there wasn't much information um, other than the fact that she was quite young uh, when she had me and was unable to keep me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, most of the emphasis, of course, was placed on um, how special my parents felt I was and, mm-hmm. and th- that they had the opportunity to come and choose me. And so uh, the attention really was um, focused there on, on how wonderful it was that, that they could adopt me rather than what the cir- circumstances were surrounding. And did you find that positive or negative when they, when they, they focused on you? As far um, as... Po- positive, definitely mm-hmm. positive. Um, it... it, it the only part that's confusing about that, and especially when you're a child, is is that you can't help but feel different, mm-hmm. um, different from other members of your family. So on the one hand, it does make you feel very good mm-hmm. to think that your parents loved you that much and, mm-hmm. and that you were that special. But on, on the other hand, 
um, you feel so different from everyone in your family that um, it 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 does confuse you mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, was it? Did you find feel any difference? You believe before you knew, or was it afterwards? And um, you mentioned in your in your teens. When did you start feeling any different? Oh, I think I, I think that I always felt that in in some way. Um, I I definitely felt that way as a child, and and I'll tell you why. One of the reasons why is because I had an older brother um, who was my parents' natural child, mm-hmm. and then they adopted me, and so I was um, in looks um, completely different in personality. Your biological different child, from, brother, yeah, right. Um, so that was something that I did notice fairly early on. Um, it wasn't something that we really talked about all that much, but, you know, I, it, it, it was an obvious reminder for me mm-hmm. that I was a little bit different from everyone else. And you, yeah. you, and you were um, born in the U.S.? Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Definitely. So you were mm-hmm. And so when you became a teenager, were there other challenges you were faced with um, as a teenager? Because a, a lot of our listeners are having, you know, I do have children that will be becoming teenagers very soon, or they are. Um, I, I think that um, what compounds um, what is already a difficult time in your life is uh, when you are adopted and you come from a closed adoption, um, you don't know anything about your background. And it, it makes you um, almost feel like you're searching all the time for some kind of answers. Um, and, and just so that you may have trouble with some self-esteem, um, you may feel a little bit lost. Again, you may feel quite different um, because you may not know someone else who is adopted or um, it, it can make you sometimes feel quite alone. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of kids that feel that even if they are, they, they wish they were adopted. <laughs> they wish <Right>. they are. <laughs> you know, but is it, was, do you think it was that different that you, we wanted to connect with other kids that had a, an adoption um, history? Yes. Okay, so yes. that was real important. To you. And did you find anybody in high school? Or no, uh-huh. you didn't no. In area. And and it, once again, too, um, that in our family, it wasn't that we didn't talk about my adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really talk about it outside of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't something that I really talked much about with my friends or other people at school. And so there, so therefore, there wasn't really a way for me to connect with anyone else who was adopted because mm-hmm. I didn't really mention it. And there weren't support else. groups or anything like that. That's no, 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 um, no. And and I think that for my parents, um, they they wanted so very much to to make us a, a normal family. Mm-hmm. This um, is normal. That again, we didn't talk about it that much outside of yeah. the family. But it was never a big secret, or it wasn't anything that was hidden. And certainly, my parents um, um, tried very, very hard to treat my brother and I exactly the same way, and they did. They did, and that's they good did. too. So that's really positive too, because I think. You know, it sounds like you had a lot of really good things that happened also, mm-hmm. um, but that was that was important part because it was a closed adoption, so they didn't have a lot of information, as you said. No, no, they didn't, and and that can make it quite confusing for you later on because you do wonder and you do have those questions and you just don't have any answers for them. And that's why I'm really an advocate of open, semi-open adoption because a lot of that, those questions that that pass through an adoptee's mind every day are dispelled when you have that information. Yes, exactly. You know, when you can go to a photo album and you can get that information. And it's sad for past adoptees that they don't have that. But I hate to see people repeating the same mistakes that we made many years ago when they have opportunities to have that information now and decline it. 
Right, exactly. Or, or they look for a closed adoption only because they think it's the best thing, but they haven't really researched it. And I thought closed adoption would be wonderful, um, you know, 20-some years ago until I actually started researching and speaking to people, and I thought, wow, this is not really good for my soon-to-be child, mm-hmm. wherever he or she may be, and wanted to know more, too. So I think it's really getting out there and asking questions, even if it feels uncomfortable. Um, you know, then you, you, had a, you had to come to a decision that you wanted to search for your, your birth parents. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what age were you, and how did you go about that? What, what came to your mind when you started thinking about, okay, I want to do this now? What happened for me is that I had my first child, mm. and that changed everything. I hear that so often. It, that, it, it is something that I, I did always have the curiosity. I did always wonder about my birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought about searching until I had my first child, mm-hmm. and then the circumstances kind of came together in such a way that I didn't want to have any regrets later on. I wanted to know some history. I wanted to know some background. And I, I especially just wanted to know the circumstances, and that's what did it for me. Um, at that time, um, I have been in reunion for almost 18 years. Uh-huh. So 18 years ago, there weren't as many resources as there are now, uh-huh. and what I chose to do was to hire a private investigator. You did. And how did you go about finding one? I'm sorry? How would you find one? I looked in the yellow pages. No kidding. I mean, honestly, and then I went and interviewed him. Mm-hmm. I felt very, very comfortable, um, and it wasn't something that he did um, typically all the time, but he was very interested in, in my case, and he wanted to see if he could help me. Mm-hmm. And it took him about three months. We concentrated first on my biological mother. It mm-hmm. took him about three months, and he found her for me. No kidding. Was it expensive? I mean, can I ask that? I mean, you have to give me a map of no, it, n- not really, um, not at the time. I thought it was fairly uh, reasonable. Mm-hmm. I did have to pay for some of his expenses, mm-hmm. um, but overall, I didn't feel that it was a great deal of money. It mm-hmm. may not be an option for everyone, um, and fortunately for people now, there are so many more resources on the Internet, and yes, there's sure. so much search- searching that you can do for yourself. Um, and by yourself mm-hmm. without that expense. Um, what I also liked about it, though, is that the private investigator was the go-between for me, mm-hmm. and yeah. that was very, very important to me. You it, had a buffer in case there's something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's important to have someone um, help you, um, whether it's a, a family member perhaps or a friend. Um, in my case, it was the private investigator, um, he set everything up for me. He made mm-hmm. the initial contact for me. And then when we went to our meeting, he went with me. And I felt, um, I felt so much more comfortable. It's such an emotional experience that I felt much more comfortable having someone with me mm-hmm. just in case something went awry or mm-hmm. it didn't go well. You know, it's and, really important because if, I know that I've done a, um, a couple phone calls for adoptees. And mm-hmm. because that's not my expertise... Even as an adoption professional, this was you know 18 years ago, um, helping in 17 years ago. But um, it was very difficult because you don't you know we had people hang up on you sometimes. They didn't know who right. you were, and um, and and it was it was hard. So I think someone has done this and really check out their credentials, especially today with the internet, because you don't want to send money to anybody unless you know who they are. Oh no, absolutely right. not. You do have to be awfully careful. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to hire someone, really, I I would recommend if you if you could 
meet someone face to face and mm-hmm. you know uh, make sure that they have experience in what they're doing. Right, and, check out their credentials. Right, and, check you know, out their credentials. There are so many groups that offer um, free help, um, adoptee searches and reunions, um, and those are on the internet too. And I know that some of our past guests have have um, been on there. So if people want to go back to the Let's Talk Adoption site and look at some of our past guests, there's some great uh, search and reunion groups too. You know, um, that's one of the things I think whenever we're working with anybody um, to do any such emotional work, you want to make sure you can connect to them and they have a sensitivity and they're not there just for the money. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and have uh, Lori share more about her open and closed adoption, her closed adoption experience, and about her book. We'll be right back after this quick break. I like just sitting around on a fine, fine day. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com. This is Dora Bush. You're listening to Voice America. America's Voice. Tune in every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for Talking Shriners with Mario Gallego. Each week, Mario will discuss cutting-edge health programs that the Shriners provide free of charge for children with different health concerns from severe burns and orthopedic care to spinal cord injuries, as well as let you know the importance of becoming a member to help future generations of kids. So won't you please join us for this fun and informational hour of radio with Talking Shriners and Mario Gallego every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. If you would like to participate in today's program, you can email Marty at info at letstalkadoption.com. Now, once again, here's Marty. Well, welcome back. And today we're speaking with Lori Paris about um, her closed adoption and search and reunion and a little bit more insight into um, what life was like in a closed adoption and what happened afterwards. So, Lori, when we left um, for break, we were discussing a little bit about... Um, 
you know, how you decide to go ahead and search when you had your first child. And you have actually um, three children now, right? I do. Great. Yes. Um, so um, that's great. And you've got a blended family also. I that's do. Great. I have two of my own children, and I also have a stepchild as well. That's, that's wonderful. So um, so this was an area, and I hear a lot that people, once they have their first child, they get married, they have the first child, they really um, have that desire to, to search and when you did that, um, you pri- hired a private investigator, so you mm-hmm. moved forth on that. Um, what, how did you come into your parents and ask them? I mean, how did your parents feel about the search? I have to tell you that um, when, when that happened, um, first of all, my father um, had already passed away, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. Um, my mother um, was very supportive, and she was for it. And the reason why is because my mother, my adopted mother, um, was adopted herself. Oh, she um, But she never knew until she was an adult. And wow. she actually found out um, quite by mistake. Um, she was quite devastated um, by finding out that it had been kept secret from her um, almost all of her life. Mm. And so as a result, she was so adamant, of course, about me knowing the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was never able to find out any information about her um, Birth mother. So she probably so when I first decided to search, she was quite supportive. That's great. Yes. Um, it wasn't until later that that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning, she was very supportive of me mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll share later on about how her feelings changed right. on that, too. Right. Yes, they did. Yeah. And tell me, what did you hope to gain by, you know, finding your birth parents? I mean, what was the motivating factor? Was it, was it medical? Was it what you looked like? Was it the reasons why? Or all of them? I was all of those things. Um, at, and at first, it really was because of medical reasons. And, and certainly that was um, after I had my first child and I had so many questions about mm-hmm. what might be in my family history. Um, but of course, too, uh, wanting to know uh, the circumstances surrounding my, um, my relinquishment, my mm-hmm. adoption. Um, and I, I just wanted to find out if I could um, meet them face-to-face, mm-hmm. um, see if I was like them, I, all of those reasons. And this is how many years after, um, after relinquishment? How old were you at that I time? was uh, just about 30 years old. Right, 30 right. years old. So, so you... actually it was a, a very good time in my life. Um, for anyone out there who is thinking about searching, um, I think that if, if you can wait um, until you're mature enough um, to handle um, that kind of an emotional um, situation, it's really important if you have a, a, a good support network, um, that's also very helpful, too. Yeah, because, and it's hard, too, because some people think, well, I don't want to wait until my birth parent, my birth mother's died. I know one of my friends, personal friends, um, did a search for her birth mother, and uh, she was left on the steps of a hospital. And she found the saw, and within four days, she had found her, found the nurse that was still at the hospital where she, and she remembers her, and this guy was in her late 20s. Wow. And her mother had been admitted to a hospital, and she died the week, next week, which was amazing. So it was oh, all within, like, gosh. God's timing that she had just found this nurse yeah. decide, you know, and went through this whole thing. So... I think maturity is really important, and some people are more to mature earlier, and some don't feel until later. And and I know that a lot of um, some adoptees don't feel a need at all, but it is really nice to be able to have that information. Yes, um, yes. And I think it gives a lot of peace to a lot of people. And there are a lot of hurting birth mothers out there that really want to be able to have a peace that they know their child is doing fine. Absolutely. And I know as an adoptive mom, I, I would not want anything more 
than to have peace for these loving birth mothers and and uh, and birth fathers that are involved with this, their grandparents and the children that they all have a, a peace and and the, and the adopted parents feel good about it too, you know. But you've got to have the education to, to come to that point, and I think that's important. Yeah. So, so you decide to look, and you said it took you three months to find your birth mother through this private investigator. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you did have the reunion? I mean, you got the phone call. Did you find both at the same time? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, no, as I said, we concentrated on my birth mother um, first. Uh, we we set up a meeting, mm-hmm. and when we met, it was truly one of the most significant events of my life. It it can it can be difficult to describe um, the, that moment when you see someone um, that you look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's quite remarkable. Um, it, it was very, very emotional uh, for both of us. She had always hoped that I would search for her, mm-hmm. um, and once again to, so that she could have that peace of mind that, that I was okay and that I'd had a good life and, mm-hmm. and that I was happy and, and um, it was very, very emotional. Um, the private investigator did go with me. Um, Where'd you he, meet? I'm sorry. We, we, where, met, we met in a coffee shop. Did you really? Of all places. She was, uh, we met during the week when she was at work, and we had to meet someplace that was close enough for her to come. How far away did she live from you? Uh, 15 miles. No kidding. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met in a coffee shop. Uh, it was a very emotional scene. Um, mm-hmm. We caused quite a stir there, I think. And um, even the private investigator, I think, cried as much as we did. <laughs> wow. It was just one of, you know, kind of one of those TV moments where mm-hmm. we fell into each other's arms and uh, cried and, and tears of joy. And, mm-hmm. and it, it really, truly was a wonderful um, moment. It was a wonderful experience. Because you prepared ahead of time that she did want to meet you, which is really important because often adoptees find out that the birth mothers aren't prepared, yes, aren't able to do that for one reason in their life or other, and they really take it as rejection, which... Often it's not. It's just that they're not able to absorb and do this and handle it. Exactly, and that's why you ha- you do have to be prepared uh, mm-hmm. for that possibility. And again, that the private investigator handled the communications for me. So, had that been the case, then it would have been something that he could have relayed to me rather than me having to hear it. Yes, yeah, firsthand. Um, and I think that's yeah. crucial. I mean, it, it, would it be is difficult crucial. for anybody be able to do that, too, and um, to just to have someone to guide you through. Did you have support of any other friends that knew, your friends or family that knew your husband? Um, anybody else support you in this? Oh, I think everyone was supportive. Um, uh, uh, certainly my husband was supportive, um, and, and my, my family was, too, mm-hmm. as well. So um, pretty much everybody was um, um, on the same page with me. That's great. Yeah. If you don't have that. Right, it, and really, it it was um, again the complications didn't come until later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very beginning, everyone was for it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened later on. Um, you had you had you got together um, and you you met with them too. Um, in fact, let's just hold that for just a little bit because okay. I do want to ask you a couple more things. Okay. Did you learn anything about your extended family? Did you have brothers and siblings? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have uh, three other siblings. Um, um, we are um, half siblings. Um, they had a different father mm-hmm. than I, and um, but they all knew about me. My um, birth mother had never kept um, me a secret from That's them. Great, yeah. and um, so yes, so that that was really. How nice. old were they? Were they older or younger? Uh, uh, everyone's younger. Mm-hmm. 
um, because she was so young when she had me. Yes. And then, of course, she went on to um, have her other children later. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're all they're all younger. Did they ever wonder about you? Did they ever share that that they had wondered, you know, about um, this child that she had had when she was very young? Oh, sure, sure. Um, They they did, um, and but but again, too. I mean, it was just something that. You know, they did know about, but that was kind of in the background of their life. Sure. Um, just, just like it was for me at times being adopted. It was kind mm-hmm. of in the background of my mm-hmm. life. It wasn't a, a focal point, sure. Right. right. Now, do you have a continued relationship with your biological family now? Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're very close. Are you? That's yes, great. Very, and, very um, and so that, as far as, um, have you learned a lot then about your medical and about um, family history? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I have um, a lot of information in that regard, and um, so that, that's that been comforting uh, yeah. to know because it's not a question mark mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but, of course, more importantly, um, after all of these years, um, the, the connection that I have with them, um, the fact that we're all family, um, again, is, is really and truly the, the most important part. This is a question we get often. Um, I think adoptive parents sometimes are worried that their relationship will be diminished uh, if their child searches for their biological child. Mm-hmm. It'll sometime, somehow invalidate their relationship. Did you find that to be true in your situation? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. My feelings for my parents never changed. Never changed one bit, one iota. And I have to say that um, my mother and father, my adoptive parents, were my mother and father. Mm-hmm. I never thought about them any differently. Even when I met my biological parents, mm-hmm. I never referred to them as my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I always called them by their first names. Mm-hmm. My parents are the people who raised me. Right. And I never, ever, my feelings never changed mm-hmm. for them at all. And I, and I know that that is a concern for a lot of adoptive parents. Um, in my experience, nothing ever changed about the way that I felt. That's, that's really important for people to understand that, too. Um, was it difficult uh, once you did find your, your birth mother um, for, your, for your mom? Um, it was very difficult. Because she was by herself. Her husband had gone. She mm-hmm. really didn't have anybody to speak to that she really had close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, how did she work through this, and how did she, how did she handle this? It was, uh, unfortunately, it was quite a conflict uh, for us, um, I, I think that in my mother's case, what happened is that she encouraged me to find my birth mother, to meet her, uh, to get information, and then after that, she felt that there was no need for me to have a relationship. I and so that's where the conflict came in, um, that I feel that uh, I, I think that she just had difficulty um, perhaps wanting to share me, um, thinking that uh, I would feel differently about her. Um, I did my very best to reassure her that I didn't feel any differently and I never would. Eventually what I ended up having to do is, is, is really try and keep those both of those relationships quite separate. Separate, yes. And that, was that, um, that, I have to say, for an adoptee is a very difficult thing to do. We're going to share more about that when we come back. It's time for our break right now. We return Lori Paris. We'll share more about her feelings on close adoption, her search reunion, and some tips for us, too. Right back at this message. Don't touch that mouth. I like the way you make me feel inside. And I like the way you love me, just can't hide. And Lord, I like you for more than what you do. I 
You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com. I'm Marty Caldwell. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on VoiceAmerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for crust busting your way to an awesome life. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. If you would like to participate in today's program, you can email Marty at info at letstalkadoption.com. Now once again, here's Marty. Back. Uh, if you'd like to purchase any of our CDs of our past shows, uh, please email us at info at letstalkadoption.com or visit our site, letstalkadoption.com, and you'll be able to see which ones um, you can listen to many times. We have so many shows. We've been doing this show for over two years now. Um, we have archive shows that we are um, selling the CDs, and that's to help support Let's Talk Adoption, to keep us on the airways. Um, so we appreciate your support um, to our nonprofit that supports uh, let's Talk Adoption. So if you're interested in donating um, to the uh, program, too, please just email us and we'll send you information. Um, Lifetime Adoption Foundation is our support um, foundation and they're 501c3, so all your donations are tax deductible. Uh, we are speaking today with Lori Paris about search and reunion. And Lori, before we left, we were talking a little bit about the sensitivity about your adopted mom, you know, your, your mother that you knew for your whole life and how she, she struggled because... Um, she really wanted you to get the information but didn't think, I guess, beyond that, that you might have a, a deeper relationship um, mm-hmm. with other right. biological. So some suggestions on how you, I mean, you had to keep that separate, both the relationships and not really able to talk about it then, I guess. I did. Uh, that, that's, uh, we tried a couple of different things. That's what ended up working best for me, um, and it seemed to um, make everybody else a little bit more comfortable. Um, it, it was kind of a lot to juggle, having to keep those relationships separate. But um, I love my mother very much, and I didn't want her to be hurt, and I didn't want her to be um, concerned. Mm-hmm. 
And so as a result, it was just easier to, to do it that way. And then, of course, my birth mother had the utmost respect in the world for my mother mm-hmm. and also did not want her to be um, upset or concerned by our relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it was just easier to do that. It was just easier to kind of keep those those two relationships separate. And you have an ongoing relationship now then, too. Uh, yes. Well, I, I did. Um, my adopted mother died a number of years ago, and unfortunately my birth mother I just lost to cancer just a few months ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. So uh, we were very, very fortunate to have almost 18 years together, and mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah, and that's, yeah. And that's super because those are memories that you can never um, you know, get back. So it's Absolutely. And, and also, too, because of the fact that I do have a close relationship with my siblings as mm-hmm. well, too. So we still have each other, and that really mm-hmm. means a lot to us That's as well. super. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about, um, you know, when you, you're considering searching, what type of tips can you offer to other adoptees? Because many people don't talk about it. We share it during break. I have, anytime I go to a gathering or party, I have people pull me to a side, and they'll say, I, I've not shared this with anybody, but, you know, I'm an adoptee, or I was adopted, or... Um, I don't know where to start. You know, I have this information. What can I do? I'm constantly, I'm, I'm approached by people, and I know that many people um, that I work with that are touched by adoption too are. What kind of suggestions can you give to our listeners today that may be thinking about search reunion that has helped you and helped other people that you know? I, I think first and foremost, you <clears throat> want to be really clear as to why you would be searching. Um, and and then, it, you know, start out perhaps on the Internet. Um, there's a lot of resources. Um, there's a lot of, uh, oh, articles you can read, books you can read um, to kind of prepare yourself mm-hmm. um, and, and before you start searching. Um, but there, there's just so, there's so much available anymore that, that wasn't there for me, right. you know, so many years ago. I didn't really have a, a handbook or anything mm-hmm. to follow, um, and I kind of had to make it up as I went along. But um, it, I think that if you can reach out to um, someone who's been through the experience or read about someone who's been through the experience, that can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's think so lots of groups out there as well, too. Now, you just joined, um, which I was surprised during break you shared with me, but it's kind of neat, um, an adoptive parent uh, support group. Yeah. Um, tell me why you did that, because you're not an adoptive parent, but you're an adoptee. The reason that I did is because it's as close as I could get to an adoptee support group. Mm-hmm. I have looked um, in the area where I live, I have looked for a support group, and unfortunately there aren't any. Mm-hmm. I did find this adopted mother, um, Mothers of Adopted Children support group, I'm the only adoptee in the group, um, and it's wonderful. Um, they would like to have other adoptees in the group, and we just don't have any yet, but we hope to. Um, but we found that we really help each other. I can give them information about what it's like um, from an adoptee's point of view, and then um, I really enjoy um, hearing what they go through. Mm-hmm. as an adoptive parent. So it's a really wonderful, supportive group. I think it can be, too. And I think that, um, you know, you're, I used to run a, a support group, and, and we had that. We facilitated it. And um, we had some adoptees. And some were very bitter and some were not. And mm-hmm. some were really helpful and some birth mothers mm-hmm. um, that came to the group, too. And it really uh, it gave a nice variety of topics to discuss. And really putting yourself in someone else's shoes, which often is really important even to people that are considering adoption, is to speak to so they can kind of get an idea of what they, you know, an idea of how adoptees feel uh, later on of all ages. I think that's important, too. 
what do you feel is the most positive aspect of your reunion? Um, if you can pull one thing out of that. Was it gaining information about your siblings or? I think that for me, having that genetic connection, it, it's kind of difficult to explain, but I can't tell you how much it's meant to me uh, to have met my birth parents, um, to have had relationships with them and my mm-hmm. siblings as well, to have that kind of connection that I have not experienced before in my life. Obviously, I had, had have a family. Um, I have siblings, um, but not blood-related. Mm-hmm. And to have the opportunity um, to have relationships with people that I am related to and that I have a biological connection with mm-hmm. um, has been very comforting and has meant a great deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just as much my family as my family that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And what? I think it has also helped my children to... My children, I know it's been kind of confusing for them a little bit growing up here. They have this very large extended family. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I think that it's helped them to be accepting of all of all of the family mm-hmm. and that we're all related and that what's most important to me is that we are a family, whether we're an adopted family, whether we're a biological family, or whether we're a step family. It's right. all family. You can right. never have too many people in your life to love. And that's right, and I think that's really key right there. What do you think influenced you more, your genetics or your adoptive family? That is really difficult to say. I think there's a very, very strong influence um, in, in both respects, in both regards. Um, if I had to pick one over the other, I would have to say genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly my, uh, my environment um, is a big factor. Um, I'm very influenced by my adoptive family and the way that I was raised. Um, but genetics, you just absolutely cannot deny. Mm-hmm. And musical, um, I find that the people that are musical, they find they have common interests. Did you find that with your siblings? Do you guys have common interests? Or? We do. We have common interests. Um, at, at our personalities um, are, are very much the same in, in many ways. Um, that was especially true of my uh, birth mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, we were almost like twins. Um, our mannerisms, our voice, our likes, our dislikes, our, uh, it was an incredibly, um, I almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that was an experience, again, that was an experience I had never had mm-hmm. in my life. To, to, to identify that closely with someone else um, was quite remarkable for me. I think a lot of times when we're um, raised in our biological family, we take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have spoken to many um, biological children raised in the biological family that wish they were adopted. You know, <laughs> I mean, we we all can't pick our relatives all the time, and um, you know, so I think it, there's pros and cons with everything. So I don't think there's one you know where we are where we are, and um, and I think a lot of times we have to make, do the best we can with what we have. And, and it sounds like you had a lot of good positive things in both areas. How do you feel about closed adoption today? Well, do you think there's a place for it? I, I, I'm sorry? Do you think there's a place for closed adoptions today? I think that there is a place for it. I think that um, open adoptions in, in many ways are um, far better um, for everyone just because there is not the secrecy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not that unknown factor. Um, 
so it, I, I think that was something that was difficult for me, you know, growing up all of those years was just not knowing mm-hmm. uh, the reasons why. Um, and then when I did find out the reasons surrounding my uh, adoption, um, it all made sense to me. And I was never resentful about it. I was never bitter about it. Um, but once again, everyone has different experiences. I was very fortunate in, in my reunion um, that overall it has been a good experience. We've had some difficulties, certainly. Um, it's a very complicated and very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it has been positive for me. It is not that way for everyone. Um, so, you know, it, once again, you know, that people's experiences certainly can vary. That's right. Well, you know, I want to get on to your book because I have it sitting in my hands right now. I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to take it on my next vacation to read. It looks very interesting in what I've read already. It's um, really, let's talk about this because you fictionalized um, your book. It's called Follow Your Heart by Lori Paris, and um, we're going to talk about where you can get it all. So tell me why you, you fictionalized it because this has a lot to do with you. It is loosely based on some of my experiences in Search and Reunion. Okay. I fictionalized it because I wanted the story to turn out the way I wanted it to. I see. Um, and it was just easier um, to fictionalize characters. And, and I, I didn't sit down to, to write a story about myself and what had happened to me. I just wanted to use some of the elements mm-hmm. um, of my Search and Reunion um, to create a story that I w- hoped would be interesting to other people. Right, and it's, it's a neat book. So Follow Your Heart by Lori Paris, and where can we um, buy this book? It's available online, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com as Great. well, too. You can go into any bookstore and order it. Um, so it's easily found. That's, that's good, and I think it's an, important that uh, people know that this is... So it's loosely connected to you, but it still has a really interesting... Um, um, connection to adoption in it too. Yeah. Um, would you change anything about your search reunion? Anything in the past you would change? I don't think there is anything I would change. I, I think that there are some things that I, I wish were uh, different just because they were um, there were some difficulties that we had to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't think I would change anything. I, um, once again, am so grateful that I was able to have that much time and all of those years. And certainly now, um, well, my birth father um, is, is still with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my last remaining parent, mm-hmm. and I do have a good relationship with him. Um, but also with my siblings, um, it means a great deal to me um, to be able to have that relationship with them that's ongoing. Well, I think that's crucial, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Lori's going to share one more topic with us and then on to our adoption mailbag. We'll be right back after this message. I like just sitting around on a fine, fine day. I like the way you make me feel inside. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. 
All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com. Is Dr. Peter Terms. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario's Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. If you would like to participate in today's program, you can email Marty at info at letstalkadoption.com. Now, once again, here's Marty. Well, Lori, it's been a wonderful interview in the last 45 minutes. Before we go into our adoption mailbag, I wanted to ask you, um, what type of writing, what are you doing now, and, and how can people reach you? I have um, just recently completed a second book that I co-wrote with a wonderful author who is also an adoptee. Um, it is um, it's another novel. It's a mystery, actually. Um, <clears throat> and it does have um, some adoption-related information in it as well. Um, and I do also have a website um, that people can check out. I have written some articles on Search and Reunion, mm-hmm. um, and that is um, www.authorsden.com slash Lori A. Paris. Okay, and that's a slash, huh? Yes. Lori A. That's Paris, a okay. Yes. And if anybody has any questions or can't get to that site, just email us and we'll send it over to you, too. Right, exactly. So that'd be great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being oh, on the show. Oh, thank you, Marty. I've really enjoyed thank talking with you. All right. We'll speak to you soon. Okay. Take care now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now for next week's uh, guest information in the Adoption Mailbag. Welcome to the show, Luann. Hi, Marty. How are you? Good. What do you have for us today? What do we have Our- coming next week? Next week, adoption professional Lori Leiser joins us to discuss the adoptive family waiting process. Oh, good. And Lori comes to us from an adoption firm that specializes in adoption law, and she's worked with a lot of adoptive parents and birth parents and birth grandparents. So it should be quite an interesting show, too. Oh, I think so, because I think the waiting process is a really difficult thing to get through. It is, and we know we're in an instant world where we want to do everything right now, and we're used to driving up and having it supersized and going to an ATM and popping things out. And when it comes to adoption um, and infertility, and it takes time, so I think... 
it's really something I think we'll all learn from. So I think that's a really good show. And if you want to share that with any of your friends, too, um, do let them know that next week um, we'll, the show will be airing at 8 a.m. Um, Pacific Time um, and then 8 p.m. Pacific Time on Tuesdays on um, letstalkadoption.com. So what do we have on our mailbag today? Okay, Marty, our first question is from Marty and Beryl. And they ask, how can we start a search for our birth parents in the United Kingdom? Okay, and we have a lot of listeners in the United Kingdom. Um, searching for your birth parents is much easier in the U.K. than U.S. adopted adults um, from the U.K. have been able to apply for access to the original birth certificate since 1975. And uh, those of you that were born before 1975 are required to see a counselor before obtaining your original birth um, records. Um, you can learn about the free registries at this uh, site on the U.K. It's U.K. Birth dash adoptionregister.com or adoptionmatch.co.uk. Um, you have to have your original birth certificate in hand before you can register, so it's important that you first get that information if you can get your original birth certificate. And to learn more about adoption registries, visit our archive so- site um, on our show and listen to the interviews on reunion registries. You'll find the shows under adoptees, so there's quite a few different shows that um, you'll be able to uh, listen to and gain information on also. Uh, let's go on and see if we have any others. Okay, our next question is from Marion, Florida. She's 46 years old and a single parent. She'd like to adopt and would like your advice on where to start. Well, Mary, uh, you live in Florida. Florida is um, primarily an agency state only, and so you're going to, um, there are many ways you can go. Um, there are some uh, single adoption uh, groups um, online that can help you. Um, there are some books out for single-parent adoptions, which would help you, and I would suggest starting with that first. And then you want to find someone that has worked with single-parent adoptions. And um, you will need to get a home study, um, which is really a people study. And there are different steps you have to take to prepare yourself for that. Um, the first thing you want to do is to interview a few different adoption professionals that have been successful with other single parents. That's very important. Um, some organizations specialize in single-parent adoptions. Others um, find it difficult. So... Um, be prepared that you're going to need to share how you have support in case something should happen to you and your child um, would be alone. So as a single parent, what's your support like um, around you? And um, do you have life insurance? Are you planning on getting life insurance um, and medical coverage? And um, how are you going to care for this child? These are things you want to think about prior to starting the adoption process. And many of the books you'll be reading will have a section on them um, giving you questions to really um, have you question what you're going to do and plan it out. So there is a little bit of a process, uh, not much different than um, a, a married couple, but for a single parent, I would think that uh, you would want to have those things in place and be sure you have the support around you too. Um, so I would encourage you to start looking at some books and some um, excellent websites um, online under single parent adoptions, and um, there are numerous ones. Find one that's very supportive um, in your um in your area if you can find it in Florida, and then find an adoption professional um, from referrals, too. So I hope that helps you. Okay, do we have time for another one? We sure do. We've got quite a few minutes here. so we've got. A okay, the next one is from Sherry in Illinois. Um, she would like your opinion. Uh, she asks, don't you think an open adoption would be confusing to an adopted child? You know what, we've just shared that on our show, and, and open adoption, really, if, you, if you're open at the very beginning, um, which open adoption is, and you have uh, you know, photographs um, and letters and information, your child is always brought up with that knowledge. There isn't a confusion. And uh, the way children look at things than adults do are totally different. But it really starts with the adoptive parent prior to even adopting, becoming knowledgeable, 
and um, in the open adoption process and the benefits of it. If you don't believe in the benefits of open adoption, you're going to have a hard time um, practicing open adoption. So it's very important that you gain that information prior to adopting um, so that you understand the benefits to it. It's like anything else in life. No one's going to play tennis unless they see the benefit of playing tennis. And no one's going to eat vegetables unless they see the benefit in eating vegetables. And the same thing happens with open adoption. And I find that people really, um, when they start learning and speaking to other people and asking questions and realizing that questions aren't stupid, um, they're going to gain a lot of insight. And you want to talk to people that are in open adoption now. Um, and I have met people that did open adoption 30 years ago or 40 years ago. It's amazing. There are some back there. Um, but I find that the majority of people in open adoption, semi-open adoption, are much happier than in closed adoption, and their children aren't confused. Um, my children aren't confused because I answer their questions with love and concern and honesty. And I think um, when you have that, you have um, less confusion, actually, as we have, we've heard from adoptees in um, closed adoption, and less questions. So I think, um, Cheryl, that if you... Keep searching out people that have gone through open adoptions and speak to at least 10. I think you'll be um, much happier, and I hope that that helps you quite a bit. And another okay. Our next question is from Max and Barbara in New England. They ask, should a home study be started before we meet the birth mother or after? You know what? It really um, depends on the type of adoption you're searching for. Um, if you're doing, I'm suggesting that you, you're doing a domestic adoption. Um, I would suggest that you um, look into a home study. If you have anything in your past that you think will be a concern, um, if you have any medical conditions that you feel are going to be a concern, you want to get that out of the way first. Um, it's always nice to have your home study done, but when you do go to your home study provider um, and try to get three different people you can speak to that do home studies in your area, um, you want to make sure that you know the time frame that home study is good for because you will have to probably pay for an update if it's a year or two years. Um, but many times it's nice to get started in speaking to a birth mom if you can or at least searching, getting your profile together and deciding which direction you're going to go and you can do that simultaneously while you're doing your home study. Um, home studies can be a little bit um, difficult at times as far as the paperwork, so be prepared for that and know there's a lot um, to do, but I think um, you can do it either way. Well, Luann, I think that's it for right now and I really appreciate your participation in the show today. I want to remind everybody our broadcast is every Tuesday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time and then 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern. And our program and guest information are listed on our website too at Let's Talk Adoption. Sign up for our free newsletter and we'll remind you also about the shows and our guests coming up. Thank you for joining us during this last hour. I hope you found the show to be informative and helpful. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell for Let's Talk Adoption. God bless you. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. Tune in again next Tuesday right here on voiceamerica.com. edge challenging stimulating you're listening to voiceamerica.com if you hear a dog barking or an angel